what a blessing to have such a dedicated choir. Thank you for making it here today and helping us to worship God. Um, I don't think all of us really realize how much work goes in to what they do each and every week. And so I'm just really thankful. Yeah. Starting a new sermon series today called Next Steps, How to Discover God's Plan for You. How many of you ever wondered if God actually had a plan for you and what in the world that plan or purpose might be? I hope you've all asked that question. Hope you've all wondered that. Well, I'm going to tell you, there, there is a way to figure it out. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what does that look like? What is the process of finding out what God's will is for you. Because we make it out to be this big mystery. And I think that there are some real ways that we can get our finger on the pulse of what the Holy Spirit is telling. Because here's the thing, God wants us to know what his plan for us is. Doesn't always mean we'll know everything in that plan, but we'll know the direction that he wants us to go in. So it's... It's the new year. It's time for resolution. How many of you went to the gym this week? Yeah. Did they greet you like Norm from Cheers? You know, or did they? Oh, the prodigal son returned. So I, I went to the gym this week and, you know, every machine's packed. And the one that I'm usually on was packed and it was like three people deep. I was so annoyed. I, I can't wait to go this next week, but no one will be there. It'd be awesome. But this is that time of year, right? The time where we look at our lives and it's like we look in the mirror of our lives. We, we think about our life and we say, you know what? I want to make some changes. Now, a lot of people really, they poo-poo New Year's resolutions. I actually love them. I think they're great. I think they're great. So we might not stick to them all, but I think the desire to do better, the desire to make a transformation is a good desire to have. But this is that time year where we make our lists. We have all sorts of hopes and goals and dreams. I think sometimes, though, in our resolution making, we have a tendency to make those resolutions based on uh, things that we think need to be fixed. Like we want to be a, a nicer, healthier, shinier, prettier version of ourselves who maybe has more money and has more satisfaction in their job in life. And On the one hand, that's good. On the other hand, and this is the problem that I have with resolutions, is that sometimes they can very easily become so self-absorbing that they are counterproductive to what God wants for us. Sometimes my motivations might be a bit twisted by my own brokenness or my own sin. You know, am I trying to lose weight because I want to be healthier? Or am I trying to lose weight so I'll be more attractive? And if I'm asking that question as a married man, why the heck am I asking that question? If it's not for my wife. Is it so I look good because everybody else looks good? You know, what, what is that? Is that really my motivation? You see, our motivations are suspect because uh, we're all affected by the disease of sin. And so I think resolutions, God's way, looks a little bit different. I think it starts with a different question. Instead of, what do I want for me in 2017? Not that that's a bad question, but I think there's a better question. What does God want for me in 2017? 
Maybe he wants the same thing. Maybe he does want me to be healthier. Or maybe, maybe he wants me to pay attention to something that I haven't been paying attention to or I've been trying to avoid. You see, it's not always the same answer to those two questions. What do I want? What does God want? And the process of finding out what God wants is the process of discovery of his plan and purpose for you. So how do we find out what God wants? Well, it is a process. God is a God of process. What is a process? But it is a transformation over time. It is a series of steps that lead to a result. God is a God of process. Discipleship is a process. It's sort of like, uh, like weight loss. I mean, my whole life, I, you know, up and down, weight up and down. At, at one point when I got married, I was well north of 300 pounds. I've done a lot of weight loss and, and everything. Here's what I tell you about weight loss. It is a series of small, seemingly insignificant decisions daily and incrementally that lead to drastic results. I think spiritual formation is not unlike weight loss in this sense. It's not just that we do big things for God and that's how we are transformed. Sometimes that absolutely that happens. But really, it is daily, incremental, seemingly insignificant decisions that we make in God's direction that lead to life transformation over time. I love meeting with Christians who've been walking with the Lord for many years. And it, you can tell. You can tell. This doesn't mean that they are old in years, necessarily. But you can tell somebody who's been walking in the Lord for a long time. They have a maturity and a confidence about God in their life that didn't just happen overnight. It's been weathered. It's been weathered through the storms of life. I love hanging around these people because I feel like they give me such encouragement. They always seem to know what to say uh, when I'm going through a hard time. And that's not by accident. That is the spiritual process. There's a wonderful moment in the Old Testament when God was trying to explain what this spiritual process is like for the nation of Israel. Israel in the Old Testament, I mean, they can't get out of their own way. They are just constantly failing and doing the wrong thing. And God said to Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, let me put it to you this way. Okay, this is the Jason Tucker version. This didn't say exactly like this, but let me put it this way. I want you to go down to the potter's house, and I'm going to speak to you there. So Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house, and the potter is working on this vessel, and uh, something goes wrong with the clay, and the whole thing just kind of lumps over. You, you can maybe envision this in the head if you've ever done this on the spinning wheel, and you've ever seen this happening, that sometimes it gets messed up, and the clay just goes, you know, like that. And then the potter, in this instance, then, uh, you know, starts working with the clay again and starts reshaping it into something new. And he says, Jeremiah, can't I also do this with the nation of Israel? As if to say, the nation of Israel has kind of went, but can't I do the same thing? Can't I mold you if you, nation of Israel, will let me? This is like the spiritual formation process. It's the process of allowing God to shape us into the vessel that he has designed us to be. 
I love this because this is a, a vision of such hope that no matter how lumped over you are as a piece of clay, if you're willing, God can reshape you and remake you. This is the hope of the gospel. You can't run too far from God to be out of his presence. You can't. No matter how far you've run, the second you turn around to come back home, there God is right in front of you. That's the beauty and the love of this God that we serve. And this is true with our lives. I mean, how many times have we messed up? We felt like we're just worthless clay. We can't, we can't carry a, a, you know, a gallon of water. We can't carry anything. We are just broken. We're not even formed and shaped. And then we allow God to start shaping us, and we see our lives take form, take meaning, take purpose. This is the spiritual formation process. Here's the cool thing. From, from the potter's point of view, whenever uh, a potter, maybe anybody, anybody do pottery here? Uh, from the potter's point of view, you have to know what you want to make before you start working with the clay. I'll put it to you this way. From God's point of view, he knew exactly what he wanted you to be before you were ever born. Right? The potter has to know what kind of clay they need, how much clay to use, how much water it will take for, for the potter to shape that piece of clay. The Lord says to Jeremiah, again, in Jeremiah's call as a prophet, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. It is also Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God knew what he wanted in you before you were ever born. The problem is, is that it's not just up to God. This is the way that God created everything, is that it is a partnership that we have with God to realize the potter's vision. In other words, from the clay's point of view, you have to be malleable enough to be shaped. God's not going to shape you against your will. You might find yourself lumped over in a, in a heap. But the shaping comes as a partnership. The clay's got to be workable. This is the process of spiritual formation. It's us finding ways to say yes to the potter's shaping of our lives. You might wonder, I mean, what does this look like? I think there's a great moment in Scripture where we see this fully formed. We see somebody who truly has gone through this shaping process, and we see what they are like. We see some attributes in them that we indeed will also have if we allow ourselves to get shaped like this. And it's the story of John the Baptist. If you look at John chapter 1, beginning with verse 19, this is in your bulletin. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him then, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? 
Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me. Because he was before me. I think this interaction that we see with John the Baptist is what it looks like when somebody has been spiritually formed by God. Here's why the first is, he knows who he is and who he is not. He has such a strong confidence in his own identity from God. This is a spiritually formed person. That you are not only comfortable in your own skin, but you know exactly whose skin it is, right? You know who you are. This, I believe, only comes through a vibrant relationship with the Lord. To truly know who you are. The second is, he knows exactly where he should be. He's in the right place at the right time. This is somebody who is listening to God, who has placed him in the right place at the right time. For most of us, I think this this happens accidentally. Oh, I was in the right place at the right time. It's funny, though, uh, the number of coincidences seem to skyrocket when you start listening to God. Oh, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time again. God will place you where you're supposed to be. If you're listening to him. The next is, he immediately recognizes Jesus for who he is. Behold, the Lamb of God. There he is. You in your life, when you allow yourself to be spiritually formed, spiritually molded, you will recognize Jesus anywhere and everywhere in your life. There's the Lamb of God. This only comes from being in tune with God. This is the spiritually formed person. And then finally, John plays a critical role in God's mission to the world. And so will you. So will any spiritually formed person is playing a critical role in building the kingdom of God. And setting to work the things that God has set you to work at. When you have this happen in your life, when you feel formed by God in this way, it brings you great confidence and peace and purpose and passion. Some of us, we, we've come to times in our life where we feel like we're lose, we've lost our passion and we don't know why. Maybe it's our passion for work, it's our passion for a relationship, it's our passion for Whatever. We wonder, why, why are we so passionless? What happened to us? 
One way to reignite that passion in your life is to start listening to God. You will be amazed at what happens inside of you the more that you allow yourself to be molded and shaped by the potter. Because here's the thing. God wants to shape us into the likeness of Jesus. So the more we allow him to shape us into the likeness of Jesus, then we will be Jesus' hands and feet to the world. This is how the body of Christ, this is how all of us continue the ministry of Jesus. Because we become, as we become more like Jesus, we are ambassadors for Jesus in the world, doing the work of our hands and feet that God has set us to as the hands and feet of Jesus. If you work in the city, the hands and feet of Jesus are going to be in your cubicle. They're going to be in your work. They're going to be in your relationships. If you're going to school, if you're visiting with your grandkids, it's not just you, it is also the hands and feet of Jesus visiting your grandkids. You see, Jesus goes with you. And the more that, and it happens more, the more you allow yourself to be shaped and transformed by the potter. That's when we step into the plans God has to use Jesus' hands and feet in the world. When this happens, I tell you, and some of you know this because you've felt this happen in your life before. When you felt like God is really shaping and forming you, you never have as much joy or sense of freedom than you ever have when you are in that place with God. Because this, this is what the process does. The more God shapes us, the more he sets us free from those chains that have been holding us back for so long that have prevented us from becoming that person that God envisioned before we were ever born. God wants to transform us and set us free. I think maybe this is why we're so drawn to the idea of resolutions. I think we all have a deep longing for transformation. Because we know we have not arrived We are not yet those people that we were destined to be. This can be you. It does not matter how old or young you are. This can be you. Imagine if you had such big faith, such tremendous confidence in God, that you woke up each day with a passion burning within you to live your life the way that God wants you to, to make a difference for his kingdom. Imagine the joy and the freedom and the fulfillment you can have every single day. I've seen this happen in so many people. It can be you. I'm just thinking, just off the top of my head, think of my grandpa, Grandpa Tucker. I love that guy. Uh, Anytime I get to see him, he he lives out west. I don't always get to see him very often. But, um, you know, growing up, uh, they were were raised Catholic, so he was Catholic, and... Um, I, I never sensed any kind of spiritual passion in him. Um, quite the opposite. It seemed like just sort of a routine. And my grandpa now, he's, uh, I think he's about 90. He either just turned 90 or he's going to be 90. And um, he had remarried after my grandmother died. He remarried maybe 10 years ago. And she is just 
on-fire uh, Christian, you know, a Protestant, and she, um, she has this wonderful relationship with the Lord. What I saw in my grandpa was this change in him. And so now the last time I went to see him, uh, about a year and a half ago, I went to see him, and he's talking about just how grateful he is to God for his life. And, and talking about the purpose that he feels in his life. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't know how many days I have left, but I, I have absolutely no regrets. And I'm just going to live life the way that God wants me to, and I'm, and I'm going to try to help people, and then the Lord's going to call me home. And I don't know, it, it's probably happening sooner rather than later. But I never sensed, it was such a tremendous peace from him that I had never seen before. His life has been transformed. He had started listening to God in a way that has shaped and molded him at 80 some odd years old. And he's, he's a different guy. I think about him often. I think about, wow. I mean, God truly, it does not matter your age and stage. God still wants to shape you into that person that he designed you to be. So over the last few months, we've been asking as a staff, uh, and even a little bit around the session table, how do we start creating more opportunities in the life of the church for everybody to figure out how to move forward in their spiritual formation process? How do you take a next step of faith? How do you get yourself in a position where you are listening, hearing from the Lord, and then acting? I think one of the challenges of churches is that oftentimes we have programs because we have programs, right? We have programs because we always have certain programs. And over the years, they've lost, they've lost their meaning in the sense of whatever the purpose was for them isn't always fulfilled anymore because we had forgotten what the original purpose was. This happens in any organization. It certainly happens in churches. It's like, you know, I went to a church that, uh, that had no children in it, but every week there was a spot for a children's message. And the pastor would get up there and give the children's message with no children every week. Why? Because there used to be children, and they did a children's message. But the purpose no longer fit the need. I think this happens in our spiritual life as well. So how do we as a church start to help you and help one another in this spiritual transformation process? I think it starts with mission. What is our mission here? It is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the process. This is what gets the clay onto the potter's wheel to be shaped. It begins with this relationship with Jesus. And that's what we are all about. We're trying to grow no matter who you are. We want to get you into that growing relationship with Jesus no matter where you are in the continuum of faith. And then our spiritual formation philosophy. You have an insert in your bulletin that has some things written down on it, just to remind you of what our philosophy is. Uh, It's very well summed up by a sermon series we did last fall called Five Things That God Uses to Grow Your Faith. Uh, This is also a North Point Andy Stanley message series uh, that we uh, built it off of. But the idea is God starts to transform your life through these five ways. Now, Now, you'll notice, maybe in your own faith story, how God used these things. The first is practical teaching. You need to get into a situation where you're hearing God's word explained to you in a way that you can understand for your life. Hopefully you find that here. Practical teaching. Private disciplines. That's 
hey, I'm going to read the Bible on my own. I'm going to pray on my own. I'm going to fast. I'm going to give. I'm going to develop these private disciplines. This is how God grows our faith. That's another way God grows our faith. Another way, personal ministry. What is it that God specifically had called me to do? Maybe I have a heart to serve, and so, and so I got involved with the Pan Am Motel, or I got involved with a particular uh, relationship at work where it seems like God set me up to minister with this person. Personal ministry is another way that God grows us. Providential relationships. Of course, we don't have control over when we're going to have, have a providential relationship. We don't know the next person we're going to meet is going to be a lifelong friend or somebody that God placed in our life for some reason. But the idea is, is that if you're around a community of Christians, there's a higher probability of that happening for you, to have those providential relationships. And the same thing with pivotal circumstances. God uses pivotal circumstances in your life to grow your faith. Many times it's a crisis that causes us to grow in our faith. These are five different ways that God grows our faith. And so then we started asking this, okay, well, how do we create environments around the church for people to experience those five things? And this is where we get to the idea of next steps. And this is what you're going to hear from us now quite a bit, but how to help you find your next step in God's spiritual formation process. And those next steps, I think those next steps are also listed on there. Are they not? It says next steps. There should be four of them. The first step, and this we're going to go over the next few weeks. First step, follow Jesus. It sounds simple, but not simplistic. We did a whole series on follow. Follow Jesus. Choose community. Join the mission. And give generously. And that last one may not be exactly what you think it is when I say it. Give generously. Those are the steps. And so, as we get going, for next week, I do have some homework for you. Yeah, come on, you can do it. Don't roll your eyes. It's this. It would be great if you could review the Five Things Sermon Series. You could either listen online to our, our own. They run, if you're looking online, they run from September 20th to October 18th, 2015. If you're looking by date on our website. Or you can certainly listen to North Point's version, which is not as good. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You listen to that version and get yourself acclimated to the five things. The other is if you are a smartphone person, please download the YouVersion Bible app. It's a free app. There's some tools in there that we want to point you to. The YouVersion Bible app. And uh, the little logo should also be in your insert. Or if you, if you aren't a smartphone person, I want you to go out and purchase... A devotional Bible. It has to be a devotional Bible. That's a Bible that it's broken up into different daily devotions. Go out there and purchase that this week. This is going to be really great. I'm telling you, if you follow the steps, you will hear from God. And you will indeed discover his purpose for your life. Or his purpose for your life right now.